Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down our Week 13 NFL picks. I cannot believe it's already Week 13. Why is this NFL season going so fast? Uh, Let's jump into our picks for this week. ATS picks, player props, all sorts of stuff ahead of you. An exciting week, an exciting slate with some divisional matchups. Let's get started. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of our past week's picks. Uh, this was actually a pretty good week. Uh, let's just briefly go through some of our bigger picture picks last week. Starting off, we had a Turkey Day teaser. We had the New England Patriots teased up to nine with the Cowboys teased down to two and a half. Both of those cover. That's a hit for us. That's a big win. Uh, then I gave you guys the let the tight ends eat touchdown score parlay with Dawson Knox. Uh, Dalton Schultz and TJ Hawkinson. Man, those Dawsons and Daltons really confusing me there a bit. Uh, Unfortunately, Dawson Knox kind of screwed us in the early game. But if you were like myself, you were not deterred by that. And you went in big on parlaying Schultz and Hawkinson, both of whom scored. Uh, Schultz ended up getting two touchdowns, I think, through the air. A big day for tight ends, for touchdown scorers. Uh, that was a fun parlay to have if you were riding it with me. Knox ended up getting some some nice looks near the red zone, uh, but just couldn't pull one down against a Lions team that is usually pretty susceptible to tight end big plays. Ultimately, our, our big parlay loses, but the smaller tight end parlay of Schultz and Hawkinson, or if you took either of them anytime touchdown score, that's a hit for us. So I'll take that as half a win. That, that's how I'm choosing to interpret it. Uh, then on Sunday, we end up going uh, 2-0 with another teaser that I gave you guys. I gave you guys uh, the Washington Commanders. They end up winning that game, a big win for them against the Falcons team that really refused to go down. The Buccaneers were the heartbreaking one for me because that team should have won that game 10 out of 10 times. Tom Brady just did not have it this past week. They needed to convert some third downs. They needed to really close that game out. They should have covered the three-point line. Ultimately, they blow it to a Browns team that is led by Jacoby Brissett, a guy who's really got a lot of fire to him, who I'm getting sick of betting against, who was a serious contender for this week's coverage king. Unfortunately, he's losing his starting job next week, so... It didn't make much sense naming him that going into next week. The other loss we had this week, one and two ATS on Sunday, uh, was the New Orleans Saints. The Saints don't cover an eight and a half point line because they could not score a point. My God, did the Saints team look completely inadequate. The Saints are now in last place in the NFC South after I named them a good pick to bet on to win that division. They have promptly collapsed in every which way. Uh, not looking good for us. Not looking good for those of us who doubled down on them to win the division. Uh, the Buccaneers may just win that division out of spite. They're the only one who really is not losing on purpose, essentially. The Falcons look rough. The Panthers are winning games despite having Steve Wilkes at head coach and uh, some combination of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and P.J. Walker at quarterback. My God, what a sad bunch that is. But overall, a fun week, a fun slate, some exciting games, especially that Josh Jacobs walk-off in the Raiders game, an exciting end to the Sunday slate. And for those of us who are looking ahead, we see that we don't have too many of these fun slates left. Uh, things are getting pretty dire now. We're, we're in the peak season, crunch time. Uh, playoff races are coming down to the pike, but we only have, I think, about six weeks left, five or six weeks left. I'm sad. I don't know about you guys, but... With the time we do have left, let's make some money and let's jump into our week 13 NFL betting picks. We start with this week's Thursday night football game, the Buffalo Bills on the road against the New England Patriots. The Bills are five and a half point favorites. 
Over-under in this game set at 45.5. I hate lines like this. I hate the 5.5. Vegas zone does not feel good to bet on. Uh, The Bills are kind of hurting the last couple weeks. Josh Allen hasn't been himself. He's been turning the ball over left and right in the red zone. Uh, The Patriots have really turned a corner with that defense. Man, they look incredibly impressive every week the last couple weeks. They couldn't quite shut down the Vikings uh, last week, but the Vikings have a lot of playmakers on that offense. Ultimately, I think the Patriots put up a pretty solid outing. They shut down Dalvin Cook. They couldn't really contain Justin Jefferson, but who who can at this point? Uh, ultimately, I'm pretty high on this Patriots defense. When it's all said and done, I think that this Patriots defense has a lot of skill position players who swarm to the ball. They take care of business. Uh, they take away what teams do best. I know everyone says that about Bill Belichick, but They really made the Vikings team uh, rely on Kirk Cousins as a passer, and we saw how that ultimately resulted for the Vikings. Uh, They won the game, but it wasn't not easy sledding. Uh, If that Hunter Henry touchdown at the end of the Patriots game goes another way, maybe we're talking about this Vikings team and this Patriots team a little differently. Uh, By the same token, the Bills had their own Thanksgiving game, uh, an exciting back-and-forth contest, which ultimately resulted in Josh Allen coming down at the end of the game to lead the Bills to a game-winning field goal. Fun, fun game. A very exciting Thanksgiving slate, in my opinion. The Bills are a team that has kicked the living crap out of the Patriots over the last two years. Uh, now, Josh Allen gets to go to New England, a place that he's played really well of late, uh, and... Everything I've seen from Josh Allen over the last two years makes me think that the Bills will cover this game. As everybody who listens to this show knows, I don't like to bet the Thursday night game because it's just a little too fluky, a little too weird. Uh, And even here, I'm staying away. If I did have a play here or a lean, it would be the Bills minus five and a half. Josh Allen just seems to be on a mission to excise all the Buffalo Bills sins uh, in decimating the New England Patriots, especially after that perfect game he had in the playoffs last year, coming into this year, again, pulverizing them earlier in the season in Buffalo. Despite all those things, some weird, something weird about Thursday night, something weird about how Josh Allen's playing. Not a good vibe from this team right now. I'm sure they will figure it out. But for now, I'm staying away from the spread total. That being said, uh, I know it was a loser last week. I I know I've said it before. The Patriots are susceptible to tight ends. I want to take Dawson Knox anytime touchdown score. Don't go crazy with it because there is a version of this game where Dawson Knox straight up doesn't see the field. But over the last four games with uh, the Bills playing the New England Patriots, Dawson Knox got a lot of opportunities. The Patriots pretty much sell out to shut down the Bills receivers on the outside. So Knox could see a lot of opportunity there. In addition to all that, uh, we've seen the Patriots really susceptible to tight end scorers at the tight end position. Guys like Hawkinson, guys like Conklin from a few weeks ago for the Jets. So give me Dawson Knox, anytime touchdown scorer, again on Thursday. Give me two-time touchdown scorer. You'll get some fun odds on that. Dawson Knox, Bills, that is my play for Thursday night football. Moving on to the Sunday slate, we begin in Minnesota with the New York Jets on the road against a Vikings team that is coming off a big win over the Jets' divisional rival, the Patriots. The Jets are coming off a major win themselves, uh, with Mike White coming in at quarterback, replacing the horror show that is Zach Wilson at quarterback. Mike White looks like a world beater against a JV community college defense in the Chicago Bears. Uh, Now, a lot of Jets fans, a lot of the NFL media hyping up Mike White as this sort of next coming, next step. The line in this game set at three points uh, in the Vikings' favor. They are three-point favorites at home. Over-under set at 42, a low 42. This line is so weird to me. I see a three-point line. 
I'm a little bit confused. I wonder if Vegas knows something that I don't. This is probably a stay away for me for that very reason. Initially, in looking at this, I'm thinking maybe people are buying into Mike White a little bit too much. Uh, the line is juiced a little bit in the Vikings' favor. So at minus three, you're getting minus 118 odds instead of minus 110 that typically you see there. For that reason, if I had a play, it would probably be the Vikings minus three. But I'm probably going to stay away if only for the fact that this line is so bizarre to me. It makes no sense why a mediocre Jets team that has kind of beat up on inferior opponents this year should be only three-point underdogs on the road against the Vikings. But I'm a little freaked out, and I've said it before. Sometimes Vegas knows way too much, and this feels like one of those instances. Uh, the Jets' defense has been shutting teams down. I don't expect a big game from Dalvin Cook. I'd expect the Jets to try to make Kirk Cousins beat them, and I do not have any trust in Kirk Cousins. Anytime you're betting on Kirk Cousins, uh, you feel like punching yourself in the head repeatedly because the guy just constantly, constantly lets you down. He is the opposite of a coverage king. He is the guy who you least want to bet on in a clutch situation, the guy you least want to have your money riding on down the stretch when he throws three straight incompletions or three three straight passes short of the sticks uh, on third and long. So my pick in this Jets-Vikings game is the Vikings minus three. Probably stay away because it's just such a strange line here. Next up, the Denver Broncos on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. The line here is seven and a half. The Ravens are seven and a half point favorites at home. Over-under set at 40. Another low over-under. Uh, I've seen this over-under get as low as 38 and a half. Seems insane, uh, but then you look at these two offenses. The Ravens have been struggling to score points. The Broncos offense at this point is one of the worst statistical offenses in the last 20 years. They are an abomination every week. They just got essentially boat raced by a Panthers team led by Sam Darnold, who is without question one of the worst starting quarterbacks over the last five years ever to step on an NFL field. Uh, and he was outperforming Russell Wilson with regularity. At this point, it's time to acknowledge that there's a very real problem with these Russell Wilson-led offenses in, in terms of their inability to sustain drives or inability to stay on the field. Last year with the Seahawks, we saw him constantly uh, getting off the field. The Seahawks were last in the league in time of possession. Now we're seeing a very similar stat for the Broncos. They just cannot stay on the field. There's something about Russell Wilson, something about the way in which his teams just tend to go three and out so quickly. They cannot stay on the field. And until they figure that out, until the Broncos probably fire their head coach and probably clean house and probably, I don't know. I don't know what it would take for me to bet on the Broncos for the foreseeable future. But for now, give me the Ravens minus seven and a half. Even despite the fact that they have their own struggles offensively, they cannot get off the field. They cannot really finish drives, especially in the red zone. They've been just putrid. Lamar Jackson seems to be making the most he can out of a pretty rough receiving court. I know they got rid of Hollywood Brown. I wasn't that high on Hollywood Brown as a receiver before this year, but looking at what he's added to this Cardinals offense, uh, while the Ravens have continued to score points and have struggled to really get the ball downfield to any of their receivers, they're relying on just some absolute scrubs of the receiver position. Deshaun Jackson is their biggest playmaker, and the guy's like 42 years old. That is a problem. So even though the, the Ravens have made their fair share of mistakes, they're, they're a tough team to rely on week to week. I can't bet against them here, especially against a Broncos team that is just, oh, it's just gross to watch. I'm not going to go too heavy here, but that's a lean. Ravens minus seven and a half against the Broncos at home. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the road against the Atlanta Falcons in the Georgia Dome. The Falcons are one and a half point favorites at home. Over-under in that game set at 42. These Steelers are an offense themselves that's just been disgusting. Just really, really bad. Uh, the Falcons' defense isn't too great either. Um, but the Falcons' offense has been a 
relatively fun surprise. Even without Kyle Pitts, uh, they managed to score points this past week. Uh, not too many, not over 20 points against a Washington defense that's really been shutting teams down. I don't see them scoring more than 15 or 16 points in this game against the Steelers defense that even now, even with all its injuries, with all its struggles, still has pretty decent personnel, should keep this game relatively close. Uh, I love the Steelers' money line here. People are fading the Steelers because, I mean, we all know why. Their offenses look like an abomination. They probably have one of the worst offensive coordinators in the NFL. Their rookie quarterback has just looked like a spaz at various points. As of the time of this recording, we have not yet finished the Colts game. But listen, I'm not expecting Kenny Pickett to go off for five touchdowns. If he does, my God, clip this. I'm going to be the happiest man alive. For now, I just want to take the Steelers' money line. I've been very wary of fading Arthur Smith, very wary of fading this Falcons team that's constantly frisky. But this feels like a weird line. feels like a Steelers' opportunity to steal a win on the road against a team that maybe is a little bit overvalued here because they've been taking care of business in in spots they shouldn't. Uh, This Steelers' roster, to me, is much better than the Falcons' roster. and if Mike Tomlin loses this game, it's it's bad. It's just not, not a good situation. We need to get some wins. We need Kenny Pickett to show out a little bit, and this is the week to do so. So give me the Steelers here. Money line plus one and a half. That's going to be one of my big plays this week. Next up, the Tennessee Titans on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles coming off a major victory against the Packers where they ran for a million yards, uh, two, over 200 yards, just taking care of the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers now gone. Just he's toast. It's over for him. I may not play the rest of this year with the oblique injury, the thumb injury, Jordan Love in the game. Just, just a bad situation for them. Meanwhile, the Eagles just continue to take care of business, uh, doing so on Sunday Night Football. Now they host a Titans team that is coming off a tough loss against a Bengals team that is really coming together. Even without Jamar Chase, this Bengals roster has really started to come into its own. It reminds me a lot of last year when we kind of wrote the Bengals off, but ultimately they put it all together down the stretch. Joe Burrow is just a guy who comes alive come November, I think. He's like the opposite Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray shrinks into a little ball and and disappears from view once November hits, once it gets a little bit chilly in the air. Uh, And Joe Burrow, by contrast, just plays his best football in November, December, January, and that's the kind of guy you want on your team. That's the kind of quarterback who's really a franchise guy. Uh, Give me Burrow over Kyler Murray every single time. It's not even close to me, but just seeing how this Bengals team took care of business against a Titans team that I think is relatively frisky this past week uh, was really, really impressive to me. Now the Titans go on the road against the Eagles team that Listen, they've beaten all their inferior opponents. Uh, The Titans have been overachieving to me for what that roster is. But, but, but with the Eagles here, uh, six point favorites at home over under set at 44 and a half feels like a game the Titans could not only cover, but could steal. This feels like a game that at the very least, the Titans are in until the end. The Eagles haven't really faced a lot of super competitive teams of late, but the Titans should keep this game close. I love the Titans plus six here. If I can get it up to six and a half and get it up to seven, I love the pick. I think that the Titans absolutely keep this game as a one score game. They're not a team that really rolls over and dies under Mike Vrabel. So I I don't see how the Eagles can cover this by more than, than a score or two. Give me the Titans here plus six. If you can get it up to plus seven and a half, something like that. I think that's a perfect play. You'll pay a little bit more of the VIG, but it may be worth it. So give me the, the Titans here on the road against a an Eagles team that's just been crushing teams. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road against the Detroit Lions. The Lions are one and a half point favorites at home over under in this game set at 48 and a half. Lions lose a heartbreaker to the Buffalo Bills. They gave it everything they had. This is a fun Lions team. Now that the Lions offense is finally healthy after weeks and weeks of just dealing with injury after injury. 
they are a completely different group. Uh, much like Joe Burrow, who I mentioned before, this Lions offense, uh, this Jared Goff-led Lions offense, really, really puts things together as the season goes on. Last year, over the second half of the year, we saw Jared Goff completely outperform Kyler Murray. I know it seems like I'm picking on the guy, but really it's insane how bad he is after after November 1st hits. Uh, but we saw Jared Goff completely outperform him last year. We're seeing that again now that they're getting guys like DJ Chark back, guys like uh, Reynolds back, Josh Reynolds, uh, and DeAndre Swift really coming into his own as maybe just a nice complimentary back. Maybe that's all he is. I know people wanted to crown him as one of these stud star electric factories, but maybe he's just not that guy. Uh, despite that, this offense has been super fun to watch. They stay competitive with a Bills team that everyone, myself included, thinks is going to win the Super Bowl. So I see no reason to think they won't take care of business at home against a Jaguars team that they themselves really put up a fight this past week, coming back against a Ravens team that has just been begging to lose games week after week. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's team really impressed me this past week. They had no quitting them, no, no give up. They had an opportunity to sort of roll over three or four times, especially at the end when Things weren't going their way with various uh, referee calls, stuff like that. And nonetheless, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson come back, get the two-point conversion, nail that win at home. Super exciting win for them. Super exciting win for that fan base, a, a team that, and that fan base that I know has struggled over the last couple of years. Trevor Lawrence has looked like a pumpkin at various times this year, but it's nice to see him sort of putting it together against some, some good competitive AFC teams that if all things go right with Jacksonville over the next couple of years, he, they could be playing those teams in the playoffs, teams like Lamar Jackson's Ravens. If I'm a Jaguars fan coming out of last week, I'm excited about what the future holds. I don't know if that necessarily translates over to this week, but listen, Dan Campbell is a multi-time coverage king, so I cannot bet against him at home as a one and a half point favorite. Give me the Lions minus one and a half here. This brings us to this week's coverage king. Hey, yo, lesson here, baby. You come at the king? You best not miss. This week's coverage king is none other than Riverboat Ron Rivera. This guy has been taking care of business. He has turned this Washington football team around. They are electric on defense. They, they are really taking care of business. Beyond that, even when Taylor Heineke makes a mistake, which he did twice uh, yesterday, uh, throwing two interceptions, the Washington Commanders, this Ron Rivera-led team roster, does not get deterred by a back-breaking turnover. This is a team that was competitive all year, even in the games they weren't finishing with Carson Wentz, uh, those big shootouts to start the season. They were constantly in these games. Now we're seeing them become a defensive juggernaut, really. Uh, they are on the road this week against the New York Giants, uh, but that defense is rolling. They have Taylor Heineke, a guy who everyone wrote off, myself included, a guy who is not a superstar paid quarterback. He's not making $50 million, $40 million. This is just sort of a journeyman who has completely electrified all of Washington, completely led that roster, turned that roster around. And I attribute so much of this to Ron Rivera's leadership, his ability to steer the ship even in muddy waters, which is what the Washington Commanders are at this point as a franchise, just constantly screwing things up. Uh, the, the shadow of Snyder's sale of the team hanging over them. So credit to Riverboat Ron. I am not going to be betting against him for the foreseeable future. And that leads us directly into this week's Washington Commanders at New York Giants game. So the Commanders are on the road. They are two and a half point favorites against the Giants here. Over under set at 42 uh, this line opened at one and it subsequently dropped. I think it could end up closer to four uh, by the time game time comes around, but I wouldn't be shocked if it hung around that two and a half to three and a half point range uh, until then. 
as I said before, the commanders are rolling. Uh, this defense has been super impressive to me over the last several weeks. More impressive to me has been the defense's ability to rebound after a backbreaking Taylor Heineke play. Uh, Taylor Heineke himself has really come back from some bad plays to make some electric plays. Uh, he is a guy who just energizes the fan base, energizes this roster. Everyone is so behind him in a way that I don't think I've ever seen uh, a Carson Wentz-led team really rally around him as a character. The Commanders have found some lightning in a bottle here. I don't know if it's enough to get them in the playoffs, but for now, I feel like they have everything in their power to take care of business on the road against a Giants team that seems to be turning into a pumpkin before our eyes. We knew that this Giants team was overachieving all year. We knew that they were sort of um, a victim of their really easy schedule. They were really cleaning up against teams they shouldn't normally beat. Everyone was very complimentary of Dable, myself included. He's a former coverage king. But at a certain point, you're, you're running Daniel Jones out there. You have a lot of injuries to your receiver room, a receiver room that is the most highly paid in all of the NFL. You're going to start to feel the crunch there when you deal with injuries. And the Giants are desperately feeling that now. Their offense feels a bit anemic at times. Their defense, which has been overachieving for most of the year, is starting to really crumble under the pressure here. For all those reasons, I'm taking the Commanders minus two and a half on the road. I don't want to bet against Riverboat Ron. I want to bet against a crumbling Giants team over the second half of the year uh, where they're kind of turning into a pumpkin before our, our eyes. So give me the Washington Commanders on the road minus two and a half. Next up, the Cleveland Browns on the road against the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson's first game here. Uh, I know I said it was last week, but I got my dates mixed up. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are seven-point favorites on the road over-under in this game set at 44 and a half. I know the Texans came back in this game uh, against the Chargers last week. I, I know they made it something of, of a competitive game at the end. But, man, they, they started Kyle Allen. They, they benched Davis Mills. Like, I, I don't know what what is the end goal with this Texans team. They're tanking openly, essentially, even with the Sean Watson coming off 700 days of rest. No exaggeration. It'll be his first game in 700 days. Insane. Insane lapse of, of playing time. I'm sure he'll be rusty. I'm sure it won't always be rolling smoothly. But the Browns have been taking care of business with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So I have no reason to think that even a Deshaun Watson, who's on a bit of a learning curve, uh, he's when he was on the field last, he was a pretty damn good quarterback. Even if he struggles a little bit, this Browns team is going to cover seven points against the Texans. The Texans are a disaster. They're losing games on purpose. They should be getting double-digit points every game uh, ATS for the rest of the season because they're essentially losing on purpose. The Texans just look half-dead. The, the Dolphins look like world beaters. They were up 30 points at halftime, and the Texans hadn't really woken up yet. So uh, they, they should be catching at least double digits for the rest of the year. And for now, give me the Browns minus seven. This brings us to our sicko game of the week. <laughs> It's not a dress, it's a kilt! Sicko! This week's sicko game of the week is the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Chicago Bears. No Aaron Rodgers, potentially no Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon versus Jordan Love. Do I need to say more? You need to be a sicko, a sick football maniac to be watching this game. The Green Bay Packers with potentially Jordan Love, who looked actually okay last week in, in relief of Aaron Rodgers, uh, are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. The over-under in this game set at 43-and-a-half. Man, there are some low over-unders this week. Why does everyone stink at offense all of a sudden? Uh, you cannot pay me to watch this full game. There's just no, nothing you could give me to, to do that because I don't like watching Trevor Simeon play football. It's not fun. It's not good. Uh, Jordan Love is not very good either, but he makes some cool throws, I guess, sometimes. Even now, even with the, the Packers on the brink of breaking like the all-time, beating the, the Bears record, some sort of crazy record they're going to set this week with Jordan Love at quarterback. I don't want to touch this game. I don't want to watch this game. Uh, pretend it's not going on. Please, please, no. I don't. I want nothing to do with it. Uh, but give me the Packers here, minus three and a half, and uh, do yourselves a favor and don't watch this game.
Thank you. Next up in the 4 o'clock slate, we have the Seattle Seahawks uh, on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. This is another contender for Sicko Game of the Week, I'll tell you, because the Rams are so bad. They are horrible. I thought they'd be bad this year. I I thought they may struggle a little bit, right? Um, But this is beyond my wildest comprehension. Uh, I I mean, I I liked the Rams in terms of their, their overall infrastructure. I thought they couldn't be possibly this terrible. But every week I am shocked by just how how deep this hole goes. And good God, it doesn't look like it's turning around anytime soon. I, I would not be surprised to see them shut Stafford down, just pack this whole thing up and try to rebound for next year. The Seahawks are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. They're coming off a tough overtime loss against a Raiders team that just never quit. Uh, over-under in this game set at 41-and-a-half, another low gross over-under. This is this is a, a not, not going to be a fun game to watch. The Seahawks should take care of business on the road against a Rams team that has essentially quit. Uh, I don't have any faith in McVay working with a third-string quarterback here. Give me the Seahawks minus 4.5 on the road against a Rams team that is just in dire straits at this point. Next up, the Miami Dolphins on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are four-point favorites at home. Over-under in this game set at 46.5. The Dolphins have been incredible so far this year. They, they, they have really just been taking care of business against worse, inferior opponents. That's what's impressed me most about Mike McDaniels. On top of the offense he's put together here, which is just electric week to week, they are really just taking care of business against the team they're supposed to beat. And a lot of times with young head coaches, you don't see that sort of consistency, that sort of uh, just another day at the office kind of attitude to bring to, to the game. To see that from such a young head coach, from a guy who kind of seems like a nerd a, a lot of the time when he's talking to the media, it's been super impressive to me and to, I think, a lot of people, what he's put together there in Miami so far. Now he plays his former team, uh, his former head coach, former mentor, Kyle Shanahan, uh, the guy he came up through the coaching ranks with. He was an intern for Shanahan's dad. Uh, Very cool story, very cool connection here. The Niners are rolling, though. Defensively, this should be a tight contest. The Dolphins seem to have figured some stuff out defensively, even though they let up off the gas at the end of that game against the Texans this past week. But, 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 it just feels like this Niners team is really coming into its own. Offensively, they have Christian McCaffrey sort of coming onto the scene. George Kittle just hasn't gotten the ball, uh, and they've still been a really good offense to watch. I would be shocked to see the Dolphins win this game. It's going to be a tight contest, but for now, I love the San Francisco 49ers minus four at home. Feels like a touchdown game. Uh, doesn't maybe maybe the Dolphins struggle to really keep within a field goal. Uh, the difference for me here really is the defenses. The Dolphins defense is just not one that I trust nearly as much as this consistently dominant Niners defense. But then again, it's the Niners, so they could all get hurt on the second play of the game, and that's just how things go for the 49ers typically. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chargers are two and a half point favorites here. The over-under set at 50 and a half. I've said it a million times. I'm not betting on the Chargers until they they clean house, get rid of their head coach. This may be a playoff team. I I hope it's a playoff team. I cannot wait to bet against uh, Staley at head coach, Lombardi at offensive coordinator in the first round of wildcard weekend. I want them to make the playoffs now just so I can cash out on them on my favorite football weekend of the entire year and bet against them in every which way because their offense is putrid. It's disgusting. It's it's terrible. Uh, and week to week, they're just not a fun team to watch. That being said, the Raiders, a team that basically does 10 dumb things a week uh, and tries to lose most of the time as well, they're coming off a major overtime victory. Uh, Josh McDaniels, for all his flaws, seems to have figured out that if you give Josh Jacobs the ball, good things happen. Josh Jacobs looks like a completely different player than he has for the rest of his career. He just had over 300 yards from scrimmage this past week and two touchdowns. The guy's just a stud. Game-winning walk-off 86-yard rushing touchdown. One of the most electric plays we've seen in like 20 years. 
very, very cool, very fun team to watch. They don't have a lot of quit in them. And I think part of that is Derek Carr. Derek Carr is just the kind of guy who, even when things are on fire all around him, uh, he seems to just be pretty steady, pretty consistent, uh, a better version of Kirk Cousins, if you will. So I love the Raiders' money line here. Feels like a game that the Raiders take care of business at home against a Chargers team that's being overvalued after not looking like they had no idea what they were doing for one week for the first time in several weeks. Cliff Kingsbury versus Staley is just like the idiot bowl, my God. Uh, so don't give the Chargers too much credit. Take the Raiders here, money line, or take them plus two and a half. Love the Raiders here. They're going to be one of my big picks this week. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals, a rematch of the AFC title game this past year where the Bengals ultimately came back and shut down Patrick Mahomes in the second half. Over-under in this game set at 51.5. The Bengals are catching three points on the road. Weird line. Bengals seem to be coming together. They may be getting Jamar Chase back this week. I would think that the Chiefs would be bigger favorites here. And the fact that this is only a three-point line lends me to believe that Vegas believes that the Bengals' defense is going to keep them in this game. The Bengals defensively have figured something out in terms of containing Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if that will be proved to be true, but this line being only a three gives me heavy leanings that the Bengals are going to win this game outright. The Bengals seem to be putting something together. I said it before. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals plus three here. I probably won't sprinkle on the money line, but I may because a lot of times there's a lot of estimated value. If you think a team's going to cover plus three, you might as well throw some money on the money line. So give me the Bengals here plus three at home. They take care of business against a superior Chiefs team, but maybe their defense has figured something out against Mahomes about shutting him down. So give me the Bengals here plus three. Moving on to Sunday night football, the Indianapolis Colts against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are at home. They are nine and a half point favorites. The over-under in this game is set at 43 and a half. The Colts suck. The Cowboys defense is very good. The Cowboys offense is also very good. Uh, nine and a half points does not seem like enough here. Maybe the Colts have figured something out in terms of running the ball. Maybe Jonathan Taylor keeps them in this game a little bit. I know that this new Jeff Saturday-led team hasn't quite been the pushover uh, his predecessor was, but I don't see them covering this nine-and-a-half-point line. It's kind of just a gross line, not a, not a line I really want to think about, not a game I really want to watch. Uh, I feel bad for NBC for having to showcase this in their Sunday night uh, marquee matchup. Why are the Colts in primetime back-to-back? Makes no sense to me. My God, get these, this team off the television screen. They have a high school coach as their head coach. I know he's done a good job, but man, what are we doing here? broadcasters come on so give me the cowboys here minus nine and a half and stop putting the colts on prime time for the love of god finally monday night football the new orleans saints another team that's constantly on television why why are they on tv so much uh on the road against the tampa bay bucks the bucks are five and a half point favorites this is a vegas zone game a low over under here a 39 and a half feels like everyone's riding off the saints with good reason they didn't score a touchdown this week they didn't score a point this week that's pretty gross uh, Andy Dalton struggled. Uh, Alvin Kamara, two fumbles, bad game for him. feel like the, the Saints bounce back here. The Bucks just look broken. Everything about them is broken. At 10 out of 10 times, they need to win that game. They played last week against the Browns. Have to take care of business on the road. I know I've said take care of business a lot today, but really, that's what we got to do. It's the NFL. It's the middle of the season. It's the dog days of the NFL season. If you're a good team, you got to win some of these games, and the Bucs have shown an inability to do so. Uh, Tom Brady looks not like himself, not like the superstar we've seen over the past couple of years. For all those reasons, and for the fact that the Saints just typically keep it tight with Brady. Since he came there, they've played him very tough. I know last game was a bit of an anomaly. Last time these two teams played, I gave you guys the Saints, but I'm doing it again. I'm a glutton for punishment. All I like to do is bet on the Saints and lose money on the New Orleans Saints, and I'm going to do it here again. Give me the Saints plus five and a half, uh, and that is my pick for Monday Night Football. I'm betting against Tom Brady until this guy retires and fades away into the sunset. So now, my big picks for this week. 
We begin with Raiders money line, my biggest pick of the week. I love this play. I do not like the Chargers. I want to bet, bet against them in every opportunity. Next up, the Commanders minus two and a half. Feels like a game they take care of business on the road against a Giants team that uh, is struggling. They're, they're sort of turning to a pumpkin before our eyes. Next up, the Steelers money line. They need this game. They need some positivity with this roster. They absolutely are dying for it. Kenny Pickett puts on a show, uh, maybe shows that he is the future starter here. Show us something, please, Kenny, please. So give me the Steelers money line uh, on the road against the Falcons. Next up, the Titans plus six. Going to be another one of my really big plays this week. I love them on the road against an Eagles team that everyone is maybe overvaluing because they've just destroyed all the bad teams in the NFL. Then finally, the Vikings minus three. This is going to be a smaller play for me because I don't trust the Vikings here and the line is a little bit fishy to me. So finally, my plays for this week, the big plays are Raiders money line, Commanders minus two and a half, Steelers money line, Titans plus six, and the Vikings minus three as a smaller play. Thanks as always for listening. I will be back next week. Until then, I will talk to you guys soon.